When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone. All right, it's another edition of First and Pod. Danny Parkin's Andrew Filippone. Every game, every team, every week. Subscribe, rate, review. If you like football, send this to someone you know who presumably also likes football. Unbelievable slate of games, Pony. Eagles, you know, it got a little closer than uh, than necessary, but I, I assume you're done campaigning for Cooper Rush? Well, I never campaigned for Rush. I just said he needed to look bad and lose before you put Dak in, that you could afford to be uh, patient with Dak. And for 30 minutes, it looked like people were dying to see Dak play. And then Cooper Rush had a 93-yard touchdown drive. But look, I mean, they, they lose in Philly. It was a respectable showing. They didn't get embarrassed. I think Rush proved that he's a competent enough backup. And I would assume now with the Lions next week at home and with the Bears next week at home after that, I think that the Cowboys will probably put Dak in and get him those two games against easier opponents before the bye. Yeah, I mean, you you play him when he's healthy. Cooper Rush made him He said he was healthy tonight. He said he was ready to go and that he gripped the ball at like 100%. So, by your logic, he should have played tonight. Yeah, I mean, if if you're just taking that at his word, but you, you're you're gonna you're gonna play that guy when he's 100 percent good to go. And I under like I mean, we talked about it. Like Cooper Rush bought them time, but he never really threatened for for the job. The NFC is so wide open, and I want to talk about that as we go throughout this podcast. Like Dallas with Dak is scary there there's a chance these are the two best teams in the nfc that we saw tonight and philly continues to impress me man they're they can do everything and i just wanted to run this by you when are they losing at indy that's the best one i could come up with they've got uh bye week steelers at home i think it's at houston on a thursday night Yep. And maybe it's Green Bay at home. No, then it's then it's Washington, Washington at, home. at home. And then it's at Indy. And then the next week, it's Green Bay and Philadelphia after that. Yeah, Green, I think at Indy is the one that people will circle. Yeah, at Indy, then home against Green Bay, home Tennessee, at the Giants, at the Bears, in Dallas um, for a 325 game on a short week, at, like just a six-day week. Home against New Orleans, home against the Giants. Like if I if I set their live over under right now at 13 and a half wins, you're taking the over, correct? Uh mm, yes, probably. But yeah. not I think that's a great number. I think they'll probably go like 14 and 3. That would yeah. be my prediction. They'll be the number one seed in the NFC, but I don't think they're a lock to win it. I, given everything that's gone on with the f- presumed favorites 
among that crop of teams, I would say they're the best. Um, and, you know, Dallas, you said, you know, they're right there. And look, they should, they were right there last year. I mean, they right. were a very well-rounded team last year. They were top 10 in scoring, top 10 in defense, but they shit the bed in big games. So were they number one in scoring? Yeah, they were actually. They were the number yeah. one scoring yeah. offense in the entire league. Yeah. Uh, and they were a top 10 defense. So they had all the makings of a great team last year and then crapped themselves in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be their reputation until they prove otherwise. And, you know, Philly just looks like the most complete team in the NFC. There were a lot of people like us that said Bills, Eagles, Super Bowl. And those people had a great Sunday. Yeah, they did. So let's let's get to the rest of the slate, and we can talk Bills here. Uh, Nance Romo, three twenty-five. Romo in the first quarter says this feels like a twenty-four twenty game. It goes twenty-four <laughs> twenty. So Romo, because that total looked like the easiest friggin' over bet of the year. And the I second I saw that number, what was it, fifty-four and a half? I said, I, "What the hell do they know?" that we don't know about this game. So I didn't touch it, which that was my way of – it was either an over bet or no bet for me, and I it ended up being a no bet because it just seemed too good to be true. I was I was on over 53-and-a-half from when it opened, and it just – I mean, they had, what, almost 1,000 yards? Like, it, 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 it felt like it should have been, but – couple of turnovers inside the five to start the game for yep. both teams. That killed it for you. Just, just that, yeah, dead on arrival. Um, obviously feels great for the Bills. And now they have to feel like, you know, that with the head-to-head win and only one team getting a bye in the AFC, that home field advantage, the rematch that would be presumed happening in Western New York, and the rest in the playoffs. Like, it goes through Buffalo. It feels like based on how Josh Allen's playing right now, a deserved front runner for MVP. He was absolutely amazing on the game winning touchdown drive late signature moment with the hurdle. It feels like Buffalo, like if you want to, if the chiefs want to go back to the super bowl, they're going to have to win in Buffalo this year. It does after that game, because when, when if Buffalo's favored in LA week one against the super bowl champs and then favored in this game, the expectation is that they should win every game that's left on the schedule, that there's no team regardless of where the game gets played. Would yeah. they be a favorite? Would they be favored in Philly if they played this Sunday? What would the line be in that game? Buffalo at Philly. Yeah, bu- Buffalo minus three. Two and a half? Yeah, two and, two and a half, half three. three. Right. right. So that's the expectation. But let me say this, and I know we'll get into it, you know, big picture here with the other games, but I'll just put it out there now. The best thing going for the Chiefs as far as the Bills is that they've now got, and they've already lost one, they're 0-1. They've got five real division games. This is not the Patriots of the 2000s where they were like the only team in the AFC East and they got like five gimme wins, layup wins. They started 5-1, and one, probably 6-0 and oh, because the rest of the division was so bad. No one in that division is under 500. And if Miami gets Tua back and gets healthy, the Jets look good. The Patriots look good all of a sudden. Like that whole situation now, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I got to hope that the Bills stub their toe against teams in the division, which is not out of the question, which 
all year we thought that might be the Chiefs kryptonite, the strength and depth of the AFC West. Now the AFC East looks like the, looks like the toughest division, Danny. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just looking at the immediacy of the schedule, Packers at home on Sunday night, at the Jets, home against the Vikings, home against the Browns in Detroit. So pretty soft next five for for it's for back loaded with division games. Correct. Correct. But they can they they can certainly build a decent lead right now. I mean, I, I obviously want the rematch because like we've all been kind of waiting for it to be Mahomes and Herbert in that division as the 10-year rivalry of the future, and maybe it still will be, but the Chargers are just snake bit. The the Peyton Brady rivalry of this generation is very clearly Mahomes and Allen. Allen is every bit the player Mahomes is. He just is. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but in terms of physical talent, like wow moments, things that make 30 fan bases jealous. Yeah. It's it's those two guys. So until proven otherwise, I want to see that game in January. But Chiefs got to do something about that offensive line, man. They've tried so many different combinations the last couple of years. Like it, it's not as bad as it was obviously against the in the Super Bowl with all the backups against Tampa. But Mahomes is just he's just to gain, you know, 10, 12 yards, like relatively normal, like routine plays for, for that offense. Yeah. It feels like he has to work at such a high degree of difficulty. It, it, well, it, I also don't think he has as good of a team around him total. You know, if the Chiefs are going to beat can't it beat Buffalo, it's going to be because Mahomes outplays Allen, Reed out coaches McDermott, and you know Buffalo just like last year succumbs to the pressure of the the situation because across the board Buffalo Von Miller. You get him, he gets two big plays in this game, two sacks, and that's the whole point of making that deal. Their wide receivers, their weapons are so much better than Kansas City outside of Kelsey, obviously. I mean, look at, like, Poyer, do you under, this story is so bizarre to me. So Poyer rib injury prevents him from flying. So the Bills bought him, like, a Mercedes-Benz SUV, SUV and drove him from Buffalo to Kansas City. If the dude can't get cleared to fly, how the <laughs> fuck does he get cleared to play in a football game, dude? I just – does that – like people know. were reporting that and leaving out the obvious question, which is how does a doctor let you play football but not get in an airplane? <laughs> right. Dude, flying's dangerous. Fly, fly, flying's a very dangerous activity. You know that. You're, ner- you're a nervous flyer. Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea how that happens. They they are just they seem better, and the the Chiefs are hurt, obviously. But like it's a uh, there's a gap right now. Like the, we we talked about, should Mahomes have been an underdog at home? Uh, disrespect all of that stuff. They were right. Yeah. Like they, the the market has been right on Buffalo all year long, and I think that that's going to continue for a while. So now there's a drop off in terms of games, but not in terms of storylines. Like a, another, if you're still alive in a survivor pool right now through week six, yeah, you've gone contrarian pretty much every week. Yeah, you are against the grain. Yeah, you're an absolute wizard right now. So let's let's dive right in. Packers Jets is where I think we should go next. So are the Jets going to get the respect that I feel like they're due? 
nationally for three straight wins? Or is it just very clearly the bigger story is the team that lost and now that the Packers have lost back-to-back to the Giants and the Jets? Well, they're not even going to get it in their hometown. They're not even going to get it in New York because not only do the Jets almost always play second fiddle to the Giants, they're even pushed further down because the Yankees are still playing. Yeah. Like, I will anticipate my buddy Giannotti, he'll go on the air with Boomer when this podcast comes out Monday morning, and they'll talk about game five. And the week, I mean, that's, it's one of the few cities in America where the baseball team still moves the needle that much. Like I've got good friends that work in Cleveland. I bet they'll talk about the Browns loss more than they will the baseball game on Monday. You know, yeah. it's just most, I don't know. I don't know what it's like in Chicago for you, Danny. I mean, the Cubs are obviously a huge story always, but if the White Sox were going to play an elimination game on Monday and the Bears had lost a big game, what would you talk about more? talk about both but what would you talk about more yeah I would lead I would lead Bears yeah I would lead Bears um you know yeah, so the Jets aren't even going to get it in their hometown is my point so I don't think they're going to get it nationally yeah no it, it, you're you're 100 right but like man they deserve it we were on this in the AFC preview pod that their roster's good that they're that we were on it that their roster's good and we but we didn't really do anything actionable with it I don't think you have a Jets no win because total their over. quarterback I didn't trust Right, me neither, but dude's a player. He is. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like they they had he hasn't figured it out yet with like chemistry with with all of the skill guys. I saw that uh what was it Wilson was on Twitter after the game talking about having zero targets and Garrett like, Wilson did? I think it was Garrett Wilson or who's the other receiver? Um there's it was, Moore, there's Wilson, there's Corey Davis. It was Wilson. It was Wilson. Okay. It was Wilson. Uh he was like, I don't know why I had zero targets or whatever the case was, but like, but he's like, but I'm going to be a good teammate, but I was upset, but we're winning, but <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it either. Like he literally like talked out of both sides of his mouth twice at each direction in 280 characters. But I mean, Packers blow out against the Dolphins, Steelers, three straight wins, winning record, feeling good about their roster, feeling good about their quarterback. Like the Jets if they won't get it in New York, they deserve it right here on one ST ampersand pod. But now to the Packers, dude, like they suck. This stat blew my mind. They have 107 points this year. That's the fewest points in any six game stretch of Aaron Rodgers' career. Well, we should have seen it come in with the Adams subtraction. And then the other thing is their line is constantly injured. It's never healthy. Bakhtiari started the year dinged up. Their big left tackle they pay so much money to. I think the last two weeks, he can say whatever the fuck he wants when he goes on McAfee's show. The thumb has to be bothering him because there's no other logical explanation for how bad he's played since the start of the second half against the, um, well, he did it on a Hail Mary play, right? Yeah. By that right? That's okay. Yeah. So he has not played well since then. But the thing that would piss me off the most as a Packers fan is all this talk about this this two-headed monster of our of our run game. And we're letting the Jets come in with Hall and what's the other guy's name? Carter. Yeah. And they're doing ex- they're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. Well, that's Wilson the thing, but- didn't play a great game. He did he just handed the ball off to Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I well, that's the thing. The- the Packers' defense, dude, they they brought back Campbell. They have Jair Alexander, who, like I would have said before the season, was a top-three cornerback in the NFL. Uh, Rashawn, Rashawn Gary, 
Kenny Clark. Like they have players and they just play this like soft zone and just drop and just get picked apart, nickel and dimed, yeah. six yard runs. Like their defense was supposed to be good. They, they were supposed to be able to run the ball. They can't. They were supposed to have a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, they do in reputation, but not in production. They Their defense doesn't stop anybody. None of the young receivers have taken a step. Cobb got hurt. Like they, yeah. what do what do they do well? They, no, they were supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. I guess right now with the other things going wrong, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to lift everybody up, rising tide. Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think he's healthy. I think that thumb is a major issue. Yeah, I mean it. It must be. We we talked about it last week. Maybe, maybe it's a buy low time on them if we still are super anti Vikings. But man, it just no, I'm not buying them right now. I'm staying away from it. I'm yeah, me too. On, I'm not buying Packers stock. Yeah, me either. It, it it didn't just like the Giants game. It did not feel fluky. Nothing about that game felt fluky. So I I wouldn't buy it either. But I don't think Minnesota's good. I don't think anyone in the NFC really, other than Philly, is good. But all right, your game, Pittsburgh Tampa, huge upset. You want to apologize to Mitch Trubisky now, or are you going to wait for two o'clock? No, Eastern? no, I won't do it on my show either. I'll give the guy. I'm happy for him because of the way he played and he didn't turtle and he didn't get gun shy or he didn't get scared by his own shadow when he came off the bench and he made huge third down plays through a touchdown pass, all that stuff. But the, 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 the big story more than anything else in this game is that Brady. Now everybody else is really, I said, I've been saying for months, like the guy shouldn't be playing football anymore. And Fox was just murdering him for going to the craft wedding and Sean Payton and Bradshaw before the game and during, and during halftime were like, I just, he would never do that. If anything, I could see him skipping like a family member's wedding during <laughs> football season, you know? Right. Yeah, of course. Of course. He, he skipped He's a not committed. He He's not, flew he, in by himself. Like he short hopped balls early in the game. He missed receivers he did the like over the top. I'm going to curse out my offensive lineman when it's really my fault. Like, yeah, it's just Danny. I know you have the Saints, and you don't think that you know that they're viable right now because they're losing streak. But I still kind of I'll buy action into that ticket if you want me to. <laughs> like, I, I just I don't see it with Tampa. It's a three team division because Carolina is completely out of it. But. Dude, I'm not a. I don't. I don't know if it's a slam dunk. He finishes the year. I don't think that that's a hundred percent that he finishes the season. I don't think it's a hundred percent either. Um, there's obviously a lot going on, and he's clearly not a hundred percent committed to football. And the sideline act is so sickening <laughs> how it gets talked about for him as like the ultimate competitor, the will to win add on another episode to the man in the arena documentary. It's just, it's grotesque. But if it's a young quarterback who doesn't have seven Super Bowls and God forbid it be like a young black quarterback, it's like, Oh my God, like get, get this guy out of here. He's a terrible leader. It's just, it's such a gross double standard. Well, I had somebody say to me, if it's not a big deal, like I had someone in, in local media here, we were arguing this tonight. It's not a big deal that he went there. And I said, okay, then why wasn't Belichick there? Why wasn't Belichick at the craft wedding? 
Why weren't current Patriots players there? It was all retired guys and one person who I think very clearly right now probably wants to be retired too. Yeah. He 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 wants to do the the remember when Roger Clemens came back yeah. in the in the in the middle of the season because he was just like, eh, fuck spring training. <laughs> I think he wanted to be I think he wanted to play for the Dolphins this year and yeah. the Flores thing ruined it. Yeah. Clearly. And by the way, he's right. Yeah. Like that's a that's a that's a better situation <laughs> to to be playing football uh the, than the one than the one in Tampa. But I mean, just just another minute here on your Steelers, buddy. Devin Bush breaks up the two point conversion. Mitch Trubisky has the big moment. Claypool has his best game of the season. Like yeah. all the guys that you've been killing, right? <laughs> like oh, it was, it was the, great. The, yeah, the, my the, my trolls had a great day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like the the the, the pony clapback game. <laughs> like, That's exactly right, dude. The Steelers defense comes up big and like holds Brady and the Bucks to under. Hey, that's their first win without Watt. They were zero and eight without him. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, like, I'm not saying you were wrong to call those guys out. No, it's just funny that they all collectively wanted to give me the middle finger. Yeah, it's just like like checking it off. (laughs) Pony's gone at that guy. Pony's gone at that guy. Oh God, it was so good. Um. All right, I, I want to talk about this game, but I think we can also broaden this one a little bit to talk NFC here. So the Falcons are undefeated against the spread. And I think a lot of people would have said that the Niners, obviously not currently because they're healthy, were the second best team in the NFC. And Atlanta wins outright, and it's basically a wire-to-wire win, mm-hmm. and it didn't look like it was a struggle for them in any way. And again caveat of Niners not being healthy but are we at the point where the NFC in games not involving Philadelphia is just a coin flip conference I don't see much of a gap between the second or third best team and the 15th or 16th best team in this conference well it's a 14 team middle you've got Philadelphia alone at the top you've got Carolina alone at the bottom and then you've got the other 14 teams in between yeah you know and I guess Detroit at one and four Washington with Wentz your team are like the 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 bottom tier but these teams the the Bears like the Bears are a perfect example the Bears could be five and one they're not good we know they're bad yeah other than Green Bay they've been in every game in the fourth quarter one a three-point win against Houston monsoon game against the Niners and then every loss is one possession. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, Brian Dable and Nick Sirianni are going to get talked about the most for coach of the year. But I think Arthur Smith here, they lose yeah. Patterson, who does everything for them offensively. And they run the ball on the best defensive team in the NFL. And they do it with guys that no one has ever heard of today. It's Mariota, it's Algier, it's Huntley. I mean, these are, you know, this guy is a is a schemer, has to get a lot of credit. He's got a mobile quarterback, but he's not very good. And they want to run the ball and not ask their quarterback to throw it a ton. And it worked against a great defensive team today, even without Nick Bosa. San Francisco was still one of the best. And, and you're right. I mean, it was not, they won comfortably. They did not yeah. have to sweat that game today. 
No, it was it was it was just like a jarring because we've been talking about how soft the NFC is, and I obviously I agree with you. Like those teams, there are, there are teams that are better or worse. There are teams that would be favored. I'm not saying it would be pickums ac- across the board, but like if you factored in the spread and just the the narrow margin of like the teams that have good records but that we don't think are really good, like the Giants or the Vikings, yeah. and then the teams that are bad but could have good records because these games are just so damn flimsy, like the bears, like the Falcons, whatever. It's just, it's a, it's a wide open conference of mediocrity. And I'd feel like if I was an Eagles fan right now, I'd be thinking about flights to Arizona. Like I I'd be thinking about, am I more interested in spending money on going to the NFC championship game at home or (laughs) flying to Arizona for the Super Bowl? And I'd be budgeting for it. it it's just they—they they feel like they are so clearly better than everyone else. It's just a—it's a wild situation. Six weeks into the season, to feel like none of those other teams have much of a ceiling. It's kind of crazy.